Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. Hey, we are back with another episode of Chew on This. What's up, K-Dog? You know, Teresa, it's a good day. I get to talk to you. And I just saw you recently at yet another meeting. So life's good. Yes. Yes, Adam. We were both at the American Association of Dental Office Management. Oof, what a mouthful to chew on, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it was a very well-attended conference. Uh, I think, what, 400 waiting list for attendees. And then I think 20, 30, I don't know, for exhibitors. Like, that's insane. One of my favorite conferences of the year. I mean, the vibes that you get from that are just, they're second to none. So kudos to the ADOM team for putting together another great meeting. But I will tell you, the one thing that stood out to me is that actually somebody came up and said, oh, you're that guy that records with Teresa. And I was just like, that's how I always want to be known from now on is that guy who records with Teresa. So that's good. <laughs> I'm the, the guy formerly known as Kevin. Is Exactly. You know, I'm not sure if I can do a Prince just symbol or something, but I'll see if I can figure something out. That, so, what hey. is it? What would be the microphone symbol, right? Like a oh, microphone that, exactly, or headset you know? symbol. That would be it. Or <laughs> your passion is Black Lab Rescue, maybe just a black lab with a microphone in front of it. Oh, I like where you're going with that. You just can't ever tell what you might see. You just yeah. can't ever tell. Just Although, saying. I don't know. People might think that that microphone's like a big bone or something. So well, you might got you got to get real good with your graphic designer. Make sure they understand. My black lab did enjoy his bone back in the day. I'm just saying, but it's uh, true. Yes, just saying. True. So, all yeah. right. Well, I don't want to get sad thinking about you. No, blog. let's oh. let's talk about somebody who isn't enjoying something right now. How about that? Oh, lay it on me. Could we do that? So let's yes. go into. TMZ, which you know, anytime that I can bring TMZ in and the salacious nature of it, you know I'm down with that. <laughs> so there was a rapper, and, and again, Teresa, you know my love for rap music. You understand right. how well-versed I am. So this is YNW Melly, of course, apparently is having a few issues. Not only is he waiting trial for double murder, that's a problem. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just wow. saying. But also, apparently... He had an issue with his diamond grill. Yes. You're not talking the thing you grill the burgers on, are you? I I am not. I am talking the thing that makes your teeth bling. You know what I'm saying? So the diamond encrusted grill uh, apparently had some issues. Uh, He is having pain because of it. Apparently there is an infection behind it. But the problem is the judge is denying his request to leave jail to have any kind of dental work done on it. <gasps> so, really? there, so there's a little drama going on here. Uh, and I'm just going to read this from TMZ. And I know we'll have this link in the show notes. But Melly's full set of diamond dental crowns require constant upkeep. Teresa, as you well know, I mean, with your grill, mm-hmm. you understand this. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the rapper claims he wasn't allowed to possess a simple toothbrush, dental floss, or get regular dental visits while locked up. And as a result, he has developed a painful abscess in his lower jaw. Now, I I don't know. Go ahead. Oh well, I'm curious because uh, I'm going. I think where you were just going as well because there, obviously it takes a lot of upkeep. We understand that, but if if the jail truly wasn't giving him any kind of oral health needs, well, that that's a problem. Were they really? I'm be curious. <sighs> 
So, okay. So I consider myself to be an expert on prison culture, Kevin. That, I know that, that shocks you. you. That is but you. I have seen Oz, which is an HBO show. So mm-hmm. by watching Oz, I, I am now an expert on yes, prisons. And course. plus, our last episode, we actually talked, our episode before us, we talked about California. Dentists. We have talked about in prisons. The, in the prison system. And fun fact, I like to actually tour prisons, believe it or not. N- maybe not so much active prisons, really like the dead prisons. So Eastern State, Alcatraz, of course. Okay. Of course. So, so I feel like I can pass judgment on this. <laughs> wow. Here she goes with her gavel. Get ready. Here it comes. <laughs> Judge Judy has nothing on me. Okay. So um, I, I understand why he may not have had an adequate toothbrush because as you know, Kevin, toothbrush is is a good weapon. A toothbrush is a good weapon and is one of the most commonly um what's the word transformed weapons into what they call shanks. You are dropping like some shanks. knowledge here. Okay. All right. I like where you're going with this. Okay. <laughs> I just like saying shanks. It's kind of funny. Um so so it can be used as a as a weapon. However, you you have to have, you have to provide them some of the basics. And I right. know medical care, dental care is considered to be a basic um, right in the, in the prison system. However, it, what we consider to be basic may not be good. So I, I can see why he might be having problems. The other thing is um, as a, as someone who has worked on people with full, grills like that or you know seeing the results of them i don't know if necessarily they're as concerned with as with keeping it as clean as it needs to be okay so when you get the grills whenever i've seen it being worked on the teeth that the grills are replacing are not necessarily like fantastic teeth they're actually teeth that have issues anyways so if they had tissue issues anyways then that means his oral health in the beginning wasn't great so i'm i'm just stretching cuz i have not examined mr melly um obviously not that it would matter well, well, of not course a dentist. You know, yes <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just saying i i i don't know if he's being denied i he's probably being denied a level of care that we are used to perhaps right. so well, and, and unfortunately, whenever you are in jail, there are certain freedoms that are taken away from you, you know, and and being able to walk into the dental office whenever you have an abscess, that's just not as easy whenever you're behind bars, especially, you know, on trial for double murder. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, so, but, but I do think you hit something on the head because I know, how many times have we heard our dental friends talk about the people who want the whitening, but they have all the periodontal disease? You yes. know, so so I think that it's it would be very interesting to see what the the dental conditions were before the diamond encrusted grill was attached. I agree with that completely. I really wish the dental community would tape these people or record these people that get whitening when they have active abscesses and diseases and stuff. Because all you need is that to go around TikTok, like, okay, people, you need to not do this because this is what happened. But it is a bad look for dentistry. But quite frankly. You know, me telling a bride that wants to get married soon, you know, two weekends to get married and her teeth are jacked up and she wants, you know, whitening me telling her that she's going to be in pain before her wedding. She doesn't believe me. Um, So, you know, have at it. Go ahead. Get married with, you know. Sensitivity. Can you imagine? Get married with sensitivity. Getting married with sensitivity. That's terrifying. So, 
and I, I would like to point out that as a general rule, and I think everybody listening understands this because there's a certain amount of common sense when we work in the dental field. Like there's some things that are intuitive. Anytime something is encrusted, it does not go in your mouth. I'm just so sorry. You know, encrusted is really good if you're talking about Parmesan on chicken. mm, I'm just telling you. Now that's a good encrusting. Nothing permanent. Like I don't want anything crusty on my teeth. Right? (laughs) Doesn't that just kind of... I mean, honestly. So, and if Mr. Melly were not out there allegedly committing allegedly. double murder, um, you know, maybe he he would have read a book on that or something. I, well, actually, is he behind the bars? Is he behind bars because he's convicted, or is he awaiting trial? No, he's awaiting trial. Oh, so allegedly, of course, allegedly, allegedly. yes, awaiting yes. trial. So, but I, I do think that you know, and you mentioned this a minute ago. We've talked in past episodes about dental care in prison and how that goes together and everything else. And I think it's another example of how do you make sure that people are getting adequate care, but it's also people that don't have the freedom to get the adequate care. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, avoiding, as you say, shanks too. So yes. I feel, I yes. feel so much more knowledgeable now uh, being able to drop that line. So. Well, And how hard is it for them to prescribe some antibiotics for him if he truly has abscesses going on? Good point. So, um, you know, you know I hate to say that TMZ might have taken this and run with the ball a little bit more than maybe it's required. I know that's hard to believe sometimes. Are they known for exaggerating? You know, them? that is. I don't think that has ever happened with TMZ. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's ever been one salacious thing come out of that media. But I can tell you that, uh, you know, and you know what, there's probably so many prisoners who will never be famous that are dealing with dental issues right now and the courts and the, you know, everybody else is trying to figure out how to make that happen. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to figure out how to give them human rights as well as when, when they've maybe taken away someone else's human rights. Yeah, that's right. That is tough. I I know in my readings and all that kind of stuff of of prison life because in all seriousness i i find it fascinating i have read that once an inmate gets to be in their 60s 70s for example they just decide to get everything pulled because of the pain that's involved Mm. and so it was very common for dentists to just do nothing but tons of extractions and a person is fully edentulous in the last years of their life so so then is their prison food like blended up for them or do they get dentures I, or how does that work? I have no idea. And huh. I can't imagine those dentures are going to fit really well right. because you need constant attention. But because, you know, if, if, if you came to the dentist often with root canals, pain, all that kind of stuff, their recommendation was normally, let's just get rid of them all. Yeah. And a lot of times the prisoners would request that. Sure. So, and, and and we have that too. I mean, anybody who's worked in a dental field for a long time has had a patient say, you know, my parents had all their teeth taken out and that's what I plan to do because it's just, I just know it's going to be a lot of money. I can't afford it. Just take them all out and give me a denture. Yep. I mean, there's definitely that school of thought out there. So, you know, yeah, could, it's, could happen. It, it could. And, and I think that it's something to, to keep an eye on, you know, how do I say this? I don't know how popular grills are now versus a few years ago. Mm. I know that there's a lot of talk about them whenever they either don't work or a, a dental condition comes because of it. But I'd be curious how many are still being placed and if that's still a, a big trend that a lot of practices are seeing out there. You know, you got to be like a real like playa 
Playa. Yeah. Not not with an A, Playa, because honestly, the price of gold is really expensive now. So if you do want to do that, like it's like you can't just be like street corner rapper. No. And spending that kind of money like you got maybe, you know, maybe even Jay-Z's like, dude, this is too expensive. Well, and, and I've got to say, if I've got a diamond in my mouth, all I'm thinking about every day is did I swallow it? I'm just right. going to tell you every day that's in my head. Well, let me let me put my prison hat back on, Kevin, because Whoops. that the diamond encrusting the crusty, the crusty diamonds, that's what we're <laughs> going to call them. The crusty diamonds are actually a liability for Mr. Melly because True. That could bring them some serious, like, moolah. I mean, a beatdown, taking the, the grills off. I mean, I, I know it sounds awful, but that is not that is not inconceivable no. that he would be attacked and that would all be stolen from him. Uh, and somebody, I mean, how easy is it to get a diamond out to your girlfriend that's visiting? I mean, come on. I, I, you know, maybe I should think about this a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. And, and one other thing that I was curious about, and maybe you'll know this because he is a famous individual. Would he be separated from the rest of the, the posse, shall we say, there in, in jail? Considering you and I probably have never heard of him before this, I would say no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Did we just pass like serious? Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think we did. The, the gavel came down yet again. I think right there. I'm just telling you, <laughs> it, it, Mr. Melly is going to come at us if if he actually beats the rap. Oh, <laughs> beats the rap. <laughs> I just got <laughs> you dropping. This, this is the episode that just keeps on giving. <laughs> if he beats the rap, please don't come at us, Mr. Melly. We're really just doing this for for comedic purposes. <laughs> we are, but but I'll I will oppose it on some of our listeners that if they would like tell us. If they do any grills in their practice, I would be very curious to hear. I really yes, would. Yes, I agree. I, I'm i wondering about that. Maybe we should uh, hit up some of our friendly lab folk and find Ooh, out like if that. they're getting uh, getting requests for that kind of stuff. So, so Kevin. Yes. If you were constantly seeing patients like DJ Melly, YMC Melly, YMCA <laughs> Melly, what is it? You know, <laughs> it, it would be right. YNW Melly. YNW. What is what what is that? I, I don't know that I want to look and see what YNW okay, stands for. I'm a little nervous about that right now. Let's just say we had <laughs> clients and patients like YNW Melly all the time, demanding grills, wanting whitening and all that kind of stuff. Would it not suck the life out of you? Oh, absolutely it would. I'm just telling all right. you. I might even so, think about, I don't know, walking away from my job, maybe. Hmm. What hmm. is that called? There's a term for that. Hmm. Have you heard of this? But I do it very softly. I just kind of like tiptoe away from it. I don't oh, know. What nobody would, you... would even know. Oh. That would be quiet quitting. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> which seems to be the term du jour, um, which I, I'm kind of, I'm really torn on this, Kevin. And maybe it's because I'm just so salty and, and crusty <laughs> You're myself. You're crusty. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard the term quiet quitting, I was like, I read it and I'm like, this is somebody just not doing their job or just kind of like yeah. status quo. Like I didn't see it as a, Oh my <clears throat> God, it's a movement and we need to do something about it. The more I read about it, the more, I mean, I definitely empathize. We've all been in this situation. Sure. I Absolutely. think we've all been, um, but is quiet quitting a thing? Is it a, an excuse? Is it a term? Where does this all come from, Kevin? Well, and, and let's make sure that we're talking about So quiet quitting is basically you're sitting there and you're just not as engaged in your job as you used to be. So yes. really, you're already plotting your leaving before you even leave. 
ah, not even the leaving. It is plotting anything else other than your job. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you may not, if you left, okay, that's fine. But really you're just not doing your job. And so I I found a list. I have a couple, I have a couple articles for you. Um, Becker's, I I just, I think Becker's does a good job. Becker's in one of their newsletters, it wasn't a dental newsletter. It was one of their other newsletters. um, They defined quiet quitting, which I thought was very interesting. So, uh, okay. So about 50%, um, a new poll from Gallup shows that about 50% of employees are feeling detached from their jobs. Mm. Okay. Detached now, um, which is good because I guess they could have said hated their jobs. Yeah. But okay, so uh, there are six key signs of quiet quitting, according to a report from Forbes. Uh, number one, chronic disengagement and disinterest. Okay. okay. Performing to the minimum standards. Okay. Well, and let's talk that for a second. Let's, let's, we'll parse that one out. Self isolating from coworkers. Okay. Well, with COVID, well, who can tell? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, withdrawal from unnecessary tasks, activities, or events. And I got to tell you, I didn't do a lot of that either. If it's unnecessary, I'm I'm not doing it. I mean, saying. that's right in there, right? Unnecessary. It's right if, in there. If that's okay. the key word. Yes. Not talking at meetings. Okay. Well, there's always somebody else that does all the talking. Exactly. Right? So, okay. Not talking at meetings. And then teammates have an increased workload after having to pick up the slack, I guess, for the quiet quiet uh quitter so uh, to me if i have to pick up the slack for somebody else and they're not participating and they just don't speak up and they're just kind of detached like to me that's just not a great employee no and i I, maybe i'm just too harsh but i'm okay with them quietly quitting you know i'm okay with them loudly quitting if i'm having to do more work because of that seriously yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so this quiet quitting, I feel like we're putting a name on something and making it okay to underperform. So, okay. So, but then what, what the term was is they're performing to their minimum standards. Now there's a job description that everybody is given when they're hired. And if you don't have a good job description and your person's working up to, and only to that job description you give them, you can't get mad at that. You told them how to operate. So as right. a manager, like if you're only doing this and you leave at nine to five, I can't get mad at that because that's actually what the job calls for. Am I a little annoyed that you're not like, ah, oh, hey, everybody? Maybe, but the job is the job. And and I couldn't help when I read this list, but think of our wonderful dental assistants. Yeah. Now, the reason I thought of the dental assistants, not because they quietly quit, but because they are typically quiet heroes in the office. They come in, do their thing. They do their job. They don't make a lot, most of the time. They're not like drama kings or queens, like, you know, like some other office members. Um, To me, they were always the more steady employee to have. And now I'm like, oh, my God, are all the assistants just quietly quitting? Well, and, and I think that it goes back to what pushes you to get to that point where you're quietly quitting. There's got to be something. And a lot of times it is maybe a lack of appreciation. Maybe it's a lack of direction. Maybe it's a lack of communication. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that I think push you to that point. And, and that's where I've become such a big bang the drum guy for these stay interviews, you know, so that you help people not quietly quit and not leave your practice. But you're talking to them about if they're motivated, what their goals are, 
what their hopes are, you know, and, and that you're really actively becoming a part of maybe their future plans as well as any issues that they're having right now. And I think that for an employee, if they really feel like the people are listening to them and care about them, the quiet quitting goes down tremendously at that point. But if you're just sitting there just doing what you're supposed to do and you don't feel like you matter, you don't feel like anybody cares, then absolutely. You don't just quiet quit. You actually do quit. And I think that's what we've seen a lot. Why we are at the point now in, in our industry and in others where the hiring crisis has truly become a crisis. So let me throw another angle in this. And this actually what you said calls it brings in the next article pretty well. Okay. Is it a generational thing? Because in my dad's lifetime, and even I would say in my early work, you know, I, I was happy to have a job and it may not have been the best job, but I think a lot of people from our parents' generation, like they, their job might've sucked, but their job was a job and they went home and they enjoyed life and all that kind of stuff. But their job sucked. Like there's no coal miners that probably were like, oh, I can't wait to get back down in there. No, true. Right. It was a means to an end. But now it, a job has to hit a lot more buttons other than just being a means to an end. So is it generational, Kevin, do you think? I, I think it has something to do with that. But I also think it's, is there anything that you can actually take pride in as well? And and mm. I think that that's kind of nebulous. And I'll give you an example. So I, as I sit here doing this podcast, I'm in Chicago. And you might hear the L go overhead or once in a while in the background. But they are actually literally building a new stop for one of the L lines right outside this door. Mm. So as I go out in the morning, there are guys there that are welding. They're doing the steel construction. They're doing all these different things. And I've literally thought a couple of times, I'm real thankful that those guys are still in the the manual labor market because our infrastructure needs it. Yeah. Now, are they getting a lot of thank yous and attaboys and attagirls for that? Probably not. But I'm guessing they also feel a certain pride in their work that five years from now they can say, yeah, I built that right there. Mm. So I wonder how can we do that in dentistry? You know, and I think, you know, I'm going to tie back into what we first talked about, you know, patients, oral health, where we actually can see the difference that we're making every day, where we actually give that patient a new smile, we ease the pain in a patient's mouth. Is that enough for today's dental worker to go? This is worth it to me. I get rewards from seeing that and seeing those tears come down and getting the hugs and the high fives and everything else. Very interesting. Okay, so I okay, so let's let's think about that. And then the article I found, um, a very salacious title. Oh, very salacious. I love it already. My grandmother was a quiet quitter, and now she's dead. Wow, <laughs> that's quite a title. <laughs> okay, so you know I can't not click on that. I mean, come on now. So, uh, okay. So basically hardworking bunch, um, you know, just, she wasn't, let me see here. Her job was pretty boring. Wasn't very glamorous, uh, process payroll. She seemed to enjoy it, the people she worked with, but she didn't like the job. Okay. Okay, So there's that. And then, you know, the author goes on to talk about how the TikTok trend is coming up and all, all of that. So young professionals, there's a quote here, the phrase is generating millions of views on TikTok as some young professionals reject the idea of going above and beyond in their careers. And this is what they call the, the quiet quitting. It's, okay. it's isn't about getting off the company payroll, these employees say. This is what the, the quote continues. In fact, the idea is to stay on it 
but focus your time on the things you do outside of the office, which I thought was very interesting. Hmm. Okay, so the let me see here, U.S. employee engagement, another step backwards during the second quarter of 2022. We could have told them that, newsflash. So then the ratio of engaged to actively disengaged employees is now 1.8 to 1, the lowest in almost a decade. Okay, so a decade. So a decade ago, people were still like, not happy with their jobs. So, I mean, that headline screams, you know, it's salacious, but then you read, this is the highest number in a decade, but that means that a decade ago, there were also some, you know, dissatisfaction. So, and the author points out, if my grandmother were alive today, she would definitely be one of those disengaged. She didn't like her job. I know this because she told me that more than once. She took many cigarette breaks. Oof, good Lord. Yeah. Chat, you know, I'm so glad I don't work in, a, in an environment with that because that used to bother me so much. Uh, chatted more than her fair share with her workmates and squeezed every last minute out of the lunch hour. I mean, that sounds like a lot of people I know. She arrived at 9.01 a.m. and left at 4.59 p.m. just enough to get the job done and not a minute more. My grandmother's behavior wasn't called quite quitting. It was called being a mediocre employee. Okay. So she she acknowledged that. And then she goes on to, to give some more examples. But I like what she says here. The mediocre employees today who are quiet quitting shouldn't be so self-congratulatory about their behavior. They're not so innovative. They didn't discover something new. They just basically came up with a name for it. So it's not just non-dental people that are going through this. We definitely know about this. And then I found another article about a dentist, Dr. Jake Anderson. It doesn't say where he is. Okay. Uh, okay. He likes helping people, but he didn't love the parts of the job where he would be on the phone with the insurance companies all day long. And he knew he didn't want to scale. For, I don't know why he's on the phone with insurance companies. Of course, then he doesn't uh, love curious. his job. Yeah. Right? So Anderson and his wife hatched a side hustle, uh, a business that makes bucket list boards using a 3D printer. I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is, so I guess I need to look into that. The small business success helped him downshift his dentistry to two days a week and then map a payout plan and all that kind of stuff. So he's he's not he's not quitting, but he's not enjoying it. So I don't know if that's necessarily quite see, quitting. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like he went into the wrong profession. See, I, I, this, you just hit it on the head. I, I think... A lot of us don't enjoy what we do at times. And a lot of us like to pivot to things that that do give us satisfaction. And you're right. If I was sitting on the phone all day talking to insurance companies, oh, dear God, no, you know. So I think that if you're going to stay in a job that you don't enjoy, I think you've got to figure out some things that you actually, some pieces of that that you enjoy, as well as what can you do outside of that job to give you fulfillment, satisfaction, things, things like that. But I think quiet quitting, I love that article. I want to read that one about the, the, the grandma because I think back to my parents, my grandparents. Did my grandpa love being a traveling salesperson selling fishing tackle? I bet he loved talking to the people, but I bet there were a oh, lot yeah. of driving all over the state of Oklahoma. He wasn't thrilled with it. you know. So there's parts of it that you probably enjoy and parts of it that you were like, eh, not really. What a great job for a guy who likes telling stories. Oh my God. Yeah. He would, Holy. Oh, he would come back with, you know, and, and this is way too long a, a story, but I don't think I've ever told you he brought my mom back because she was little at the time. She brought my mom back a pet monkey. What? Yeah. And, and the monkey lasted about a day in the house. Uh, and then the monkey had to be sent back to wherever my grandpa got it from. 
So did the monkey quietly quit? The, mo- <laughs> the monkey was not quiet <laughs> anyway, shape or form. I understand. So. Is this before your time? <laughs> this was before my time. My my mom was a little girl, and this was you know. But again, the life of a trolley salesperson. Do you want this monkey? Why, sure, I do. So <laughs> go go figure. And and then she wanted kids after that. That's exactly. amazing. It's amazing how this works. <laughs> And here I am. So there you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actions have consequences. I'm just so. saying. Um, so, okay. So quiet quitting. Let me, and before we, ra- let's wrap this up actually with, with advice from you in particular, because you are a disc expert. Uh, you're a personality expert. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Pete, yeah. You should see his face like, really, Teresa? <laughs> you're supposed to tell me these things. The worst. So all, <laughs> all these people who are not doing their job well, you know, chronic disengagement, self-isolating, withdrawal from unnecessary tasks. You know, if you, if somebody said, okay, you need to come in personality type, I think I've got this going on. Do you reboot the engagement do you talk to that person separately do you just try to elevate the mood of the practice i mean what what would you do if if i'm the boss of the practice uh, you know my personality is i'm checking in with everybody i'm an over communicator so i'm checking Mm -hmm. in with everybody how you doing how are things what can we be doing better and then i'm actually willing to listen to that what can we be doing better and take that under consideration still just going okay you know, and, and passing it off mm-hmm. because then people don't feel like they're heard. Right. So I think in today's right. environment that it is almost required that those in leadership take an active role in knowing who their employees are and what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that if you're not doing that right now, your employees don't think that you really care about them. And I, uh... yeah, so I, I think that it's really incumbent upon the employers to take that step a lot more than is the employees to walk into my office and go, you know, I'm just not digging this. So, you know, that's a good point because I think employees turn into star employees. Once they get motivated by someone, they have a mentor or something like that. You know, a lot of times you go into a job, you really don't know what's expected of you. And if you have someone shining, you know, shining a light on the way, I think it's really important for that relationship. But yeah, if no one takes an interest in what you're doing, oh, hey, how was that 20th insurance check in, you know, 10 minutes? How was that? Oh, ooh, yeah. You know. So it, I think it, I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. And it's so ongoing, though. I think that's the hardest part of management is that you can't just uplift someone once. No. It's ongoing. It is. You know, and for yeah. some people, that's not their personality. But And, and, know, as, my, and as my mom always used to say, that's why they call it work. You know, I mean, it, 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 it is it is something that's got to be done constantly. And it's and also, and I'll just say this real quick. One of the biggest things that I have heard from veteran dental assistants that they hate is whenever the boss comes in and says, you train the new person. Because then mm-hmm. it just puts more on their plate. And I can tell you, nine times out of ten, they're not excited about it. And that shows in that training. And all of a sudden, that new dental assistant who may be all excited about what he or she's getting ready to do just gets that squashed from somebody who's just like, all right, here we go. So uh, candidate number five, you know, in two months. Great. That, Welcome. Yeah. I had I had one young dental assistant tell me recently that the first thing she heard was, you know, you're the third person to work here in the last three weeks. <laughs> now, how exciting would you be to take that job? You know, so I think it boils down to. Really making sure that your employees know they're valued and they know they're listened to. And if you can do those two things, quiet quitting kind of takes a little bit of a backseat. 
You just triggered me. I have PTSD from this. Actually, I don't because because I really was like, you know, you can just kiss my patootie is what I wanted to say. Um, my first day, no, my second day on the job, I was training with somebody. This is at my current or my my boss, uh, my my longtime dental job. We were in the elevator. I remember this clearly. And I was training with a girl named Jeannie. Okay. Jeannie can kiss my patootie. So Jeannie turns to me in the in the elevator and says, you know, you weren't his first choice, right? Oh, geez. And I said, really? Oh, that, you know, oh. wow. what do you say? I'm like, out of, just out of college. I'm like, so ex- I'm fresh faced, just like you were saying. And, and she says, oh, I'm not, not your first. And I was like, oh, okay. Then I talked to the other dentist that I was hired to assist. And she said, no, you weren't his first choice. You were my first choice. You're hiring for me. Like, he doesn't have a choice in it. We were hiring for me. And and then years later, of course, my boss and I are so close. I said to him, oh, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't your first choice. And he's like, who told you that? Oh. I said, Jeannie. And he goes, oh, well, Jeannie was lying. <laughs> and I don't know if Jeannie was lying. But to say that on the first date, or first date, first, first or second day, really, it took the wind out of myself. Sure. So to your point, like... You know, I had to learn from Jeannie and Jeannie was terrible anyway. So, I mean, I was running circles around her within like a week. She was terrible. So, but see, you Jeannie, but I will mm. tell you, see, and, and Jeannie didn't make you quit. You, you were like, okay, well, I can get around that. And so I do think that part of it is also the personality that comes with the person as well. You know, are they just going to be defeated and go, oh, I wasn't the first choice. Well, never mind. You know, are they yeah. going to say, well, screw that. I'm going to get around it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I did say screw that. And I did say some other things down the road, but I was nice about it, you know, because it's it's really a skill, Kevin, to tell people to kiss your patootie with a smile on your face. You know, bless your heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) Bless your heart, Jeannie, wherever you are. So, yep. Okay. All right. So before I get catty, we should wrap this up, Kevin. You you know what? (laughs) We have have, uh, gone gone from prison to uh, quiet quitting. So it's been been a ride as always, my friend, for sure. Got to keep the crusty from showing, Kevin. We got to keep the crusty hidden. (laughs) All right, dear listeners, we always, always appreciate that you listen to us. And thank you for putting up with our little rants today. And we sincerely hope that you are not part of the quiet quitting because we appreciate each and every one of you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned, and don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.